Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome to the Fire Escape, everybody. Fire Escape. Hey, Fire escape, fire escape, fire escape, fire escape, fire escape. That was good. Although I think maybe uh, last time, <clears throat> that was the voice of um, the other, the um, he who must not be named. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> breaking in, breaking in from the um, <laughs> the hellish dimensions. Yeah, we uh, the unfortunately the ghost of Bean Crosby had to move on. Uh, there were some more showings of White Christmas and stuff. He needed to uh, to go do Q and A's. He needed to attend to. That's right. Yeah. I, I think we may have accidentally conjured the ghost of mayhem. Yeah, the ghost of mayhem. What, the band. You know, have you ever? I've never yeah. read. I've never read Dante's Inferno. It's a little bit highfalutin for me, but I think one of the ideas in it is of is the idea of different circles of hell. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's different rings of of hell, and um. And so, where did that voice? Which which circle of hell do we think that? Um, three and uh, a half. I don't. That, I mean, I yeah, reckon I three. Medium. Because what is there? Is there nine? Is that what it is? Is it, no, is it seven? Nine? Oh, seven. Surely, Maybe it surely is. it's surely there are six hundred and sixty-six circles of hell. Well, see, I was yeah. going to go with seven, thinking that there was nine, but I'm going to alter that to five. There are five, and I think that was so. That voice was three point five. No, that voice was coming from five out of seven. I say oh, three point right, five okay. out of seven. Yeah, yeah. Medium, medium, medium hell. Maybe we should ask medium it again. Or above. Where, where, from where have you come from? <laughs> See, <The> five escape. <laughs> um, Excuse me. I think the answer is Norway. <laughs> someone, 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 someone back Bing before it's too late. Bing, rescue us. <laughs> Norway, uh, Norway brings brings up something that I wanted to talk about last time. I don't know if anybody uh, saw that Twitter uh, like image that like this meme that went around twitter but it was the like google searches so not the most searched thing on google but the the most searched thing the thing that that cunt people in that country search for more than anything else uh more than any other country so like you know this country searches this thing more than this other country so in uh yeah in like portugal it was how to get away with murder uh in spain uh weirdly enough it was uh in spain it was what does human meat taste like or something like that <laughs> uh and in norway in the most like uh the ap- the most apt like norwegian search term was uh how to make one friend oh yeah one friend, friend. how to make one friend norwegians yep. I will be your friend. Yeah, same. I think and everybody you don't from need the... even to you don't even have to make me your friend. I'm just saying that I will be your friend. Yeah, Firescape friend to Norwegians. I th- well, they we really only friend. want they only want one of us. I don't think they want like let's not get crazy. We don't want they don't want well, three friends, I'm, just one. I've well, already, I think, I've I think already maybe, got 
like three Norwegian friends, so I'm I'm good. I'm gonna let y'all take up the. Uh... You're representing for all three of those. They all yeah. think that maybe you are only their one friend, but in fact, you're spreading yourself. That's right. Three Sorry ways. if you hear a uh, phone call right now. I'm in uh, I'm in a place that still has a landline. Uh, my I'm at my parents' house. I'm in in Birmingham. So if you hear my voice extra crisp, it's because it's uh, it's bouncing off of the sweet dulcet southern air mm. the sweet dulcet resonant southern air yeah yeah i guess this is a good time as any to uh to let everyone know that this is our first completely remote you know digital firescape yeah we are all We're meeting all on, the, on the digits yeah what sort of miles are we covering actually we're covering so uh Coulter, you're down in beham correct like 800 and change pizza yeah. in harlem yeah and i'm in fort green so we um we're in two separate boroughs in New York City in an entirely separate state. And come in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be transatlantic in the same capacity, I think, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. I think next New episode... York, Wales. Next episode, it'll well, be me back in New York, Pete in Alabama, and Howell in uh, the west of Wales. The west well, wait, of Wales. Now, that's, that's not totally true. Oh, I wait, no. Think. We might do one where... Howells yeah, and, and you will Wales and we'll good be, old both be in Birmingham. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You know, there, uh, there'll be multiple options. Literally in our it, literally in our thematic foundations, like living the um, uh, living the genesis of the forestscape <laughs> itself. That's right. Well, I'm you know, that's something we'll when... talk about later that we want to get into. You know, kind of some of the fire escape goals, and I think we're already going to be starting to hit those, which is really getting into the essence of. Welshness and and Alabama ness and all that stuff, you know. And I we're think very much living, me, like looking, it. yeah. In terms of the resolutions, looking forward to 2018. You know, like that is. I have this, you know, this strange, obviously this this strange and mysterious project that we've talked about so much. But when I'm thinking about the year ahead, it's like I've got so much more to do for it, particularly. But um, for me, in terms of thematically, I really feel like that's what it is about. Sort of digging. That's sort of personal sense of digging deep into sort of, you know, uh, lineage and sense of belonging and home and where, you know, what all those things mean. In my personal sense, that's what that project, I think, is very much about. And uh, curiously, through the prism of um, a Welsh story in Alabama. But that, for me, definitely looking ahead, I think that's where I'm going to be diving, diving deep. Before yeah, we so, get to so all to that, speak. Uh, I would like to wish everybody a... What what for the listeners will be a belated Merry Christmas. Um, for us, oh, it's yes. still oh yeah. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert: we we record these early sometimes, and sometimes. this one is one of those. Sometimes, yes, sometimes it's the very last minute. Uh, but <laughs> we still have Christmas coming up. Man, I I uh, you know I'm not gonna lie. There there it was. Uh, you know, being in New York, it's easy to get into the Christmas spirit with all the decorations and there's music everywhere and stuff, but. I mean, you know, I, I was kind of in it, but now I'm like, went to a, uh, a carol service, a, uh, a, you know, for our British listeners, a, a nine lessons in carol service uh, huh. this uh, this past Sunday. And dude, I'm just, I'm, I'm in it now. I'm really in it. Uh, oh, you did. Yeah. I'm excited. We put up uh, on the last episode, we tagged, if you're wondering what that music was, we've tagged it in the social posts and everything too, um, up until now, but our dear friends Lowland Hum, who hopefully will be guests on the podcast very shortly in early 2018, we put Lowland their Hum, shout out to the Lowland Hum, big shouts yes. uh, to 
to them. We we put up their cover of Silent Night on the end of that episode. Uh, at the end of this episode, we'll probably tag another Lolan Hum song, and um, we have links to that in the show notes and on all our posts and everything. But uh, really excited about that. Huffington Post named their album Songs for Christmas Time one of the top five Christmas albums of 2017. Way so big ups. Yes. Big ups to Lolan Hum. Take that, Michael Bublé. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Take that, Bublé. Bublé. The bubble. The bubble is burst. Yeah. The buble is burst. Let me just say, C Bob, and I mean, and to Howell as well, but Include you are me. you are you are currently soaking up the you know the land, the Dixie land, and uh I am I haven't been to Alabama, I haven't been back home in almost two years. Two and years? Are you serious? You haven't been to Birmingham in two yeah. years? Oh, yeah, it was like well, since like I mean, last little, summer. Summer of twenty sixteen. Uh yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I guess it's a year and a half, a little over a year and a half. But wow. I am so excited to go back to Birmingham. I can't stand it. Um, I know Birmingham is excited that you're returning. We're keeping it warm you know, for you, man. I feel like I got a pretty strong psychic connection with Birmingham now. When I was there, drowning in virus some weeks ago, I could feel like people were getting ready. I mean, there was obviously there was a bit of like cursory surface chat about things like elections, you know. But I could, I'm pretty certain that the excitement, the sort of agitated feeling that I was getting in the air. Um, was pretty much all about Peter Korn's return to the city. Yeah, you made well, it. You, know, you made it all the way to Birmingham. I thought that you did. I, I didn't realize that you made it. But you ended up not staying. The yeah, whole yeah, time. no, I did. Yeah. No, okay, I good. did make it. Yeah, I got there. Yeah, I was. Um, in fact, like <laughs> I was, that's I was struck down by that. I, I forget if listeners if I mentioned to people who've been tuning in regularly that I've been sort of like in the veil of ill health for like a month now. But the first thing that struck me down was a nasty stomach virus. Like a sort of gastroenteritis type thing, which is despicable. But it actually hit me as I was driving from Nashville to Alabama. I think I pretty much went over the state line and then got ill. Mm. So maybe mm. I was sort of, um, which is obviously not what I associate with moving into Alabama normally. It's like walk through and there's a spring in my step. And well, uh, what it what it was 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 Tennessee's clutches. Yeah, grabbing exactly. onto you and trying to They're keep trying to, you, try, trying you to pull me back. Yeah, yeah. That Nashville. or the fact that I'd eaten Cracker Barrel four days in a row, two meals a day. Something yeah, that to do with that. That could maybe. do it. That could do it. That <laughs> can do it. Uh, but let's. I mean, I don't want to veer off topic for what we're really talking about, which was how excited Birmingham is for me to come back. Oh yeah, I didn't want to veer off topic on that at all. Yeah, don't uh, it, you know? It was exciting. You know, I saw a lot of signs with bearing the name of some dude called Doug Jones. A few signs bearing the name of some some fool called Roy Moore. But there was a lot of um well you know i was walking around town obviously with my own signs saying peter corn is coming home the the buttermilk returns buttermilk yeah well that's, returns 2017 look, that's now's as good a time as any to say you know i appreciate doug jones a good buddy of mine you know uh we go yeah. super super far back way back he was really just kind of priming the pump for me that's really what that whole thing that's what i was. heard yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'd know. go so far as to say I think you pretty much won that election for him because, you know, me handing out those signs, you know, I think there was like a 1.6 write-in, and I'm I'm pretty certain that the name that was being written in, you know, as oh, a replacement well, candidate was pretty much... There's actually, a, the numbers a, are kind of skewed. Yeah, the, well, the numbers are skewed on that. Um, what it actually was was a 68.9%... Swing. Yeah, but they just, you know, they'd leave that out because that's not, you know, that's that's kind of a, a hot topic thing. And, you know, so they yeah, just they left well, that and out. Like, currently, you live in New York. So. It's, a main, 
definitely a cover up. And currently, he lives in New it's York. So I mean, he's, he's not actually technically qualified. Like he, you know, you don't meet the 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 requirement. Yeah. Uh, so they, they had that's to right. can't throw the votes out. But that's the only reason you aren't that's Senator Peter Corn. Uh, Senator elect. I know from yeah. regularly tuning in, tuning into Infowars that, um, of course, that he's you know Alex Jones is pretty alive to the the enormous uh, mainstream media conspiracy of covering up your searing victory. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the Alabama primary, he's uh, yeah, he's you know, luck, luckily for all of us out there, you know, that D- Doug Jones just keeping a, a very close eye on the on the real, the true politics. You know, the fact that I, wrote, I won the Senate election. Speaking of conspiracy theory, it. what were you saying? I was just going to say, I actually, I approached Alex Jones recently to come on the show, but I, I made a very specific request. I said, we'd love to have your subtext on the show. Yeah, just I'd love to have the subtext of everything you say. <laughs> and he was like, and I said, if you could just briefly send us over a little excerpt of your subtext, just so we can like get a sense of what he was really keen to send yeah, his yeah. subtext over. So he sent me a little, just a little one minute recording of his subtext. And do you want to hear some of it? Oh, I'd love, to. Subtext, oh, I'd love to. His subtext was just <laughs> like that. And it went on for about a minute. Yeah, and I was actually... Like, you know, Alex, I'm not sure. Well, we, you can you can turn the shirt off, and that's just yeah, you know that's clever. yeah. I know. Well, maybe maybe if we catch him next year when he's calmed down, <laughs> um, you know, maybe we could we could get him on. Uh, moving on, mo- moving on. Uh, Merry Christmas, Alex Jones. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Alex Jones. Uh, crazy. So also, uh, not moving on from conspiracy theories, uh, I know that you know. So yes. one of the biggest things of 2017, which I wish so badly that our uh, interview with with old Greg Matloff was before this, because uh, I know Peter's going to be very excited. It's different mm. for me, you know, being down here. Peter already knows where I'm going with this. Oh, UFOs, yeah. man. Mm. UFOs, Freeze, baby. Tell him about it. Oh, you mean the uh, I mean, um, the the story that the, came out in the New York Times? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So I, look, what have I been telling? Look, let me, this listeners, let me, let me hear you. Let me talk to you for just a minute. Uh, Howell and Coulter, y'all just, y'all just go away. I'm, I'm talking to listeners for a minute. Okay, cool. For the last, I don't know, a very long time, we'll say seven years, mm. give or take, I have been keenly and very, very masterfully navigating the YouTubes. And, you know, finding irrefutable evidence of UFO cover-up. <laughs> and everyone makes fun of me. Everybody's got so much to say. Oh, Pete's looking at YouTube videos. I still oh, do. Crazy, I don't care Pete. about this stupid Pete. Department Pete. of Defense Pete. thing. <laughs> and, well, see you, see, you hear C-Bob now. So when the alien overlords do, in fact, show up, he's the first to go. Let me just tell you all that right now. C-Bob's going down first. How I don't really know your opinions on UFOs, but... I, you know, tread, tread lightly, amigo. Well, being, you know, being an alien myself and literally being a, an illegal alien <laughs> myself, <laughs> I'm an alien. I'm a legal alien. I'm just an alien in New York. You know, um, I, uh, I have a lot of time for such things. I don't think you're, there's anything weird about what you're up to and you're with your passion Look, for the extraterrestrial life. And nor does no, Greg Matloff, you know, our previous guest for that matter. Right. All I'm saying is just, just a very simple, I think we can all agree at least on this point. UFOs, real. Bigfoot, real. Skunk yeah. real. Mermaids, real. Krampus. Dragons, real. Krampus, real. Well, I've already, real. We've already leveled uh, you know, my thing that I, I, I deny it, but that, I'm, that no, certain you, you people don't. say I am the skunk <laughs> ape. 
There are people that say I'm the skunk ape. <laughs> Florida Panther, real. Yeah. Well, you're you're. I'm not saying you're looking at him either. I'm so. looking at him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I just yeah. That, I don't know. I just think it's a, we'll we'll just we'll stay tuned for developments on that. I'm I'm interested in it. I mean, I think it's interesting. I I'm still like, yeah. I woke up on that day thinking like, we've definitely not made contact with aliens and then i through that day it moved from definitely not to like oh there's a 40 percent chance we've made contact with aliens so like <laughs> if, if you take if it's taken me that far we'll see where it goes um what's the name of that um, there's an enormous rock isn't it like floating through there's like an, a strange object in space that they've oh, been the, following you know the big old big space the, it's yeah the, it's like uh, space NASA, Kit Kat. i think nasa called it wait, i'm calling I'm, it the space I know, pickle I think, I, I think they said it was the first interstellar. You can't object hide. You can't hide that pickle. That it's from that another. Uh, yeah, another galaxy. <laughs> yeah, In- intergalactic. As I, the Beastie I heard Boys call. Yeah, you heard my joke. Yeah. But that you can't hide. <laughs> Can I just repeat it? You can't hide that pickle. Is what I said. Well, I don't uh, think it would be uh, intergalactic. That would mean it would be from a different galaxy. That would be almost impossible. I think it's wait, from wait, a different star right system. What's going on? Oh, okay. That's a great name you. for a. I think well, that's a great name for a. Or band maybe it, well, I mean, space, it could be from a different pickle. galaxy, but that would be. Look, uh, I don't know. Look, I have to look it up. Even, That'd be unbelievably impossible. Okay. No, me, I didn't say I don't believe in my, aliens. I said I just don't know if they could make it here. Let me get. <laughs> let me get my uh, information from YouTube, please. Thank you very much. The probability, because like the other thing is all of the things like that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we can go into this another time. I have a bunch of. Well, you let know. me let me let me finish with this clarification to all of our listeners. I do love all this stuff, and I think you should know that it's real. Okay, <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. That's why we had, <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about the Queen's the Queen's Christmas message last week, and that was Peter Corn's Christmas message. Yeah, and you better believe. You it. know what? Her Christmas message this year was so it was so spot on. You know. The one that we listened to two days ago, it was just, it really, uh, you know, as a as a, a member, as a citizen of a country that used to be a part of the Commonwealth, you know, it really just touched me uh, in so many ways. I definitely, it, we're definitely, this is definitely after Christmas, and I definitely have heard it, and it definitely, yes. you know, it was just good, you know? Way to go, I Queen Elizabeth. Really, I was really Man, so I really I hope she stays alive she... and gets to give it. <laughs> <laughs> or else this is going to be like, dude, why is that dude making fun of Queen Elizabeth, who died on Queen. Christmas Eve? Well, I'm sure one that's not going to happen, and obviously we're two days after it, so we can say with some certainty that the most amazing thing that she announced was that, of course, during, as a result of the impending nuptials between Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, that our two countries are going to be constitutionally bound once again. And as the monarch, she is pressing for a new union between our two nations on a uh, because as a result of uh, Brexit, of course, we now need a new uh, relationship that goes beyond the special relationship to one that is actually a uh, constitutional legal. Uh, yeah, we're coming back. Of we're coming back into the fold. Mm. And I hear that so, that means that both Donald Trump and Theresa May are going to have to step down. That's what I heard. Yeah, I hear they're both going to step oh. down, but also at the same time become one person as a sort of symbol yeah. of this new unification. They're <laughs> going to be known as Teresa Trump, and that person mm. will be uh, will be sent into a small rowboat down the Thames, uh, yes. and into the Channel, yes. and and be forced to row back and to ferry people 
um, back and forth from uh, the from France and England, just in a, in a rowboat and, by themselves. And their their uh, their initials will finally represent, or yeah, you know, will reflect who they are as humans, which is a childlike T-T. name for urine. TT. <laughs> uh, imagine hearing Theresa May reading out Don- reading out things that Donald Trump says. Can you imagine that? Oh. That'd be amazing. Sad. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> Sad. Anyway, so thanks to the Queen for announcing the impending reunification of our two nations. Yeah. I was Appreciate thrilled that Queen. that was Christmas Day, something in 2018. The United Kingdoms of Great Britain, uh, Northern Ireland, and uh, um, and North America. The United States of Kingdoms. Yeah. Yes. The United, the United States of Britons. Yep. Mm. The United Americas of Britons. Mm. I like it. Um, <laughs> so... Um, yes. Once as ever, we did have something in mind, didn't we, for this, uh, oh, did this episode? Oh, yeah. Didn't we? yeah, we have a few different things that we'd like to talk about. Uh, I think that, you know, we're as we're wrapping up the, you know, I, I think that a few, the, the week after Christmas and leading up to New Year's is still, we're still in Christmas mode. You still, you know, hopefully if you're not an Ebenezer Scrooge, like my mother-in-law takes down her Christmas tree on Christmas Day, like at like lunchtime Yo. on Christmas Day. Like we went over two years ago to like... After, you know, we did morning time Christmas and we we're like, all the decorations are already gone. Are you kidding me? It's like 3, 3 p.m. on Christmas Day. That's weird. Um, but normal people leave it up through, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave my tree up through at least the first week of New Year's probably. Same. Well, you're supposed to leave it up until um, Twelfth Night, right? Or Epiphany, as it's sometimes known. Isn't that the idea? The Twelfth yes, Day of Christmas? The, and then it comes uh, down, which is the 5th of January, January yeah. That's the traditional... Um, thing, yeah, because what the sixth is like King's Day or whatever is. You yeah, know, you should. Uh, I we keep to that tradition in our family, partly because my my mum, my dear mum, Philippa Dodds John, big up to mum, everybody. Big and, up uh, to mum. What's up, mum? Uh, every year she has an epiphany party to celebrate the end of Christmas um, in the household, which is always a musical sing song. Of, yes, uh, oh. it's a sort of sing song party of like musical treats because my mum is a singer. Actually, she was quite an eminent uh, singer in her time. Obviously, she's eminent in all sorts of ways, but she was like a part of some quite serious uh, choirs, you know, sort of major professional choral institutions, singing as an alto and soloist sometimes. I'm not sure. Have I ever told you guys that? Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, man, she was serious. In fact, my mum my won an with the Oscar. Beatles, singing. Yeah, hanging with the Beatles, singing. My mum won an Oscar. What? I mean, but not herself personally. She didn't get to take it home. She didn't even get to go to the ceremony, but she sang on. <coughs> That was just a little drop the mic cough there. Um, she sang on the soundtrack to Amadeus, the uh, Mozart topic, which won Get the best Yeah, seriously, man. That, you listen to the Requiem on that soundtrack. That is my mum in the mix with, you know, like 50 other voices. Blasting yes. it out. That's representing. Ins- she's already a quarter of the way to egotting, and we haven't done anything. I know, I know. Uh, every time I ask my mum how I'm doing in life, like, mum, give me some... How am I doing? What's my... ...school... Give me a break. It'll come. It'll come. In the background, shaking his head. Um, But uh, yeah, we have this um, yearly party. She's called an epiphany party. My mum always does it on a theme, you know, and um, she gets lots of friends and she often gets some of her like old singing pals together. And so it's like interspersed with like everyone, songs where everyone joins in and then they kind of do little party pieces. You know, it's really, it's kind of old fashioned and just really nice. There was this period where me and my brothers always used to find it slightly mortifying because she would always insist, because I have three brothers. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's four of us, four men. You know what in singing terms that means, right? It's a quartet, baby. Quartet. It's a quartet, baby. And my two little brothers are pretty handy singers. They sang in a church choir when they were kids because it helped pay for some school fees and stuff like that. And um, also for the pleasure of it, I'm sure they'd agree. Um, but so they they got pretty handy voices. And I can, I'm passable. Um, my big brother Llewellyn is definitely a bass in some capacity. Aww. His voice, you might say, is percussive. <laughs> hey. uh, ah. Big up to Llewellyn. And, uh, but she always makes us sing a song, all four of us together. So it's like this sort of yearly, um, I'd say comic entertainment more than anything else instead of musical entertainment when the four of us have to get, yes. get together. Will you, uh, uh, get, get, will you get video she, proof so, of that this year, please? Um, maybe we should do a live like Firescape phone-in from the Epiphany Party. I would, I I would love that. Well, that will, that, I think we'll, that will get into our uh, New Year's resolutions for the Firescape. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, travel plans like that. Yeah, and it's it also, really nice, actually. I mean, what were you saying? I, I was just saying it's really wonderful. You know, it's funny you, when you're a kid, you don't really think about the context of things so much. It's just something that you're, you know, it's just something that my parents do every year that my mum always leads. But um, and she organises big musical events for a charity she works for as well to raise money for kids and things. So that's something that she also does. And so, and being a singer, music is very important within the family. But it's just now, you know, growing up, you realize in terms of the festive traditions, it's kind of really special, actually, because not many people actually, I think, still celebrate the whole of the advent calendar in that respect. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's my that's my mum's way of doing it. You know, it's adapted. It's, I don't think like the singing tradition on Twelfth Night is a particular thing in itself, but it is like an end of Christmas. So we always keep the tree. Everything is up until the party. Yeah, and uh, and then we take everything down the next day. So we have a sort of wrapping up. It's like a and there's just loads of food and drink. It's sitting in the lounge, everyone together. It's great. I love it. I would encourage I support it. it. I on support the, it on the twelfth day of Christmas. Howl's mom gives to thee. You know. Yeah, um, absolutely. What's her favorite uh, Christmas carol? Do you know? Wow, that's a good question. She is knowledgeable because she sang in the choral tradition for so long. You know, she sang with, like, the ones she sang with on uh, that the Requiem, for example, was mm-hmm. she sang for a long time with a very well-renowned choir called the Academy of St. Martin's in the Fields. And uh, that's a church which is on Trafalgar Square, back in the centre of London. And um, But the Academy sort of do all sort of, like, the whole repertoire, really. And then she also, I think, sang with, like, the Talis Scholars or Singers, which is another sort of an eminent group. But she's done a lot of stuff around Christmas time, you know, because I think choral singers generally get, there's a lot of stuff going down in the UK that time of year. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we need some proper choral singers to sing us some beautiful carols. And so she's, um, as well as the more regular ones, she's got a pretty wide knowledge of, you know, a lot of this lesser known sort of plain song stuff. Deep you know, cuts. That sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah, the because. deep cuts, like you know, like digging in the crates for the old B sides for the barrels. Yeah. yeah, medieval B sides. Exactly. Yeah, she's got a bit of. I think I'd be fair to say, like she definitely has a soft spot for some of the old Welsh carols, but but I think like our family. Church, but for our international listeners of in Norway, um, I'm particularly referring to here, as well as anyone, our, our Kurdish friend in Iraq and our friends in Australia that listen in. But there is everyone's probably read the Da Vinci Code. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. in the Da Vinci Code, and also in the movie The Da Vinci Code, the Temple Church is featured because it's one. It was founded by the Knights Templar about a thousand years ago, and um, 
And so my brother sang in the choir of the Temple Church. It's this thousand-year-old church in the law area, the area where the old law offices are in London. And um, and they sing a lot of very old music. So I think all the favoured carols over the past 20 years for my mum and my dad, I think, have been around the stuff that gets sung in the temple, which is a lot of oh, an interesting mix. You know, things like uh, a lot of modernist stuff, a lot of ancient stuff. I'm trying to... Th- they always do these just astonishing arrangements, you know. We mm-hmm. could probably find some tracks maybe, but... You could probably even find some of the recordings on Spotify, listeners, um, but seek out the Temple Church Choir. But I'm not even massively religiously minded myself. I take a sort of maybe spiritual interest in things, definitely across the board. But going to the Temple Church carol service is always like such a magical experience. It's like, you know, the acoustics of the building is a thousand years old. I'd love to get you guys there one year if we can ever be in London at the same time around Christmas. It's just, oh, oh, we will. Dude, it, is, yeah. uh, it is otherworldly. Like the acoustics in that church is just off the Carol, scale. Carol services are like, you know, you know, I mean, I think that you can be, as Howell said, spiritually inclined like himself or, or more religiously inclined like Peter and I are. Like, I think that Carol, like there's just no... You can be nothing inclined and in, in, in appreciate like just the raw oh, beauty it's, of a of like a good carol yeah. service. Well, it's oh, the same crazy. thing as so many like traditional forms of music. It's like some of the best stuff ever comes out of church singing. You know, like look at gospel, country music, blues. Yeah, I mean, so much of that and carols comes out of the church. You know, or, well, or you actually, know. you know, and if you want to broaden it out, you know, there's always there's like that old joke, isn't it? Like the devil's got all the best tunes in terms of rock and roll. You know, in terms of yeah, like yeah. stories of Robert Johnson and stuff like that, and the and the old blues. But you know, you can t- if you take the slightly broader perspective, you could even say like the spiritual obviously takes in both the good and the bad. You know, so those things like both engage with ideas of like the church music, but also that which is maybe the spiritually more challenging or negative also feeds into some astonishing music you know particularly yeah. in say like blues tradition right and also when you hear a lot of old um, folk music in the uk that i can certainly speak for but so speak- you might say like just sacred theme do you know what i mean yeah. feeding in feeding into and also the essence of what music is you know yeah speaking um, of spirituals i just heard so at our service they did a rendition of this song it's, the, it's an old spiritual from like um you know either it might be as old as slave times, but definitely sharecropping, late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, and, mm. then I re- and then I realized that, that the Staples sisters do a version and Joan Baez and all these people. It's called Virgin Mary Had One Son. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'd never heard it before, and it yeah. is awesome. It's a, it's a great, great Christmas tune. Really, like, you know, if you're trying to get into that soulful, old school, like, uh, black spiritual um thing you know that's those are those are you know there's a reason why you know get some deep cuts in this yeah on a um on a little well thematically related but just connecting to our fire escape thesis our you know sort of british american alabama and welsh crossover one thing i came across in my researches in this project i I knew a little bit about in advance and I, i forget if i've already mentioned this but there was the absolutely incredible in terms of um spirituals and the spiritual singing tradition, the the major 20th century figure, I think, in that respect, certainly in terms of our combo interests, is the truly legendary and fascinating figure of um, Paul Robeson. You know, do you guys are you guys aware of Robeson? I've uh, heard the name. I don't. I don't know the name. You see, this is what's so interesting is that, like, and um, because I think over here he has become he has become somewhat forgotten, and uh, but he's very well known in in Wales still. 
What are his, he was, what's he well known for? What well, are the well, what's he? Well, not just as a singer, well, primarily as a singer, but also as a political activist. Mm. And it's interesting because he hasn't been completely eroded in American history, but he's not someone that's necessarily, I think, taught or very well known. But he was a in, an extraordinarily significant um, entertainer and activist in the first half of the 20th century. He was um, he trained he graduated from Princeton in law. You know, when you can imagine that what how difficult it was at the time, um, being a black man going to that sort of school, and I think what years it was, it was like you know the nineteen, I think the very beginning of the twentieth century, the nineteen tens or the nineteen twenties. But then he was also this like off the scale talented actor and singer, and he went into the entertainment industry. But he, and he became very well known for singing spirituals, and then he became uh, an actor. He was one of the first people I think to play Othello on Broadway as a black actor, and then also in the UK, and he became very famous in the UK. He did a production. Of showboat and when he was there or carousel one of the two i think it was maybe showboat singing um old man river i think is the famous song from that but when he was there he somehow became connected with the welsh miners who were protesting at parliament at the time about working conditions and what was going on in south wales and he had socialistic inclinations he was quite left-wing and he went to listen to, he heard them, I think, singing because they would, they, the miners, I think, had come and were singing in, as part of their protest. And he um, somehow met them, got to know them, became very interested in the cause. And then there was this very long running relationship between him and the miners of South Wales. Where, and it's an extraordinarily long and detailed and interesting one. But so, but the the spirituals sung by Robeson and were very famous in the first his recordings in the first half second of the twentieth century are sort of staples in the choral tradition in Wales as a result. And there was such a, a huge interest in sort of left wing politics and internationalism there at the time. And so he's very well known in Wales. But still to this day, and like the Manic Street Preachers, he heard of that band, that big Welsh rock band. They sang a song about Robeson, and um, but within the states. He's still he's become a somewhat forgotten figure. The McCarthy and he was uh, he was considered to be a commie during the McCarthyite. Um, uh, the period. Red Scare. So he had his, yeah. yeah, the Red Scare. So he had he was and he very much was affiliated with the Communist Party. He had his his passport taken away, um, and he was blacklisted from working. You know, and he became a, a very it was a very tragic demise in that yeah. respect. But his connection to the Welsh, particularly through song, through music, you know, through and through those recordings that he made, uh, we can do a whole, we could, I can get some people on in the future to talk about it in more detail because he's a, a genuine bridging figure between the two nations, but also between Wales and the States in that, in that capacity. But like yeah. the spirituals you were mentioned, like, he's the guy, you know, and he did a lot to spread that form of music and like those, that song tradition into, not only into the UK, but into South Wales particularly. Mm. Seek him I out, love that. Paul Robeson legendary figure yeah man and he there's a movie being made about him i think at the moment by uh steve mcqueen the guy who made 12 years a slave oh i think it is in production and uh yeah i'm currently living steve mcqueen yeah they're currently living not the the motorcycling they're both cool yeah but his his recordings of those spirituals just to get back to the musical tip are his voice is like he is like old man time do you know he's like that sort of deep bass and it's just you know, it, sh- it's, it shakes you just listening to him. It's really something else. Yeah. It's like history singing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And speaking of, of uh, well, for me, this was a deep cut. I'm, I'm learning. I, I think I just missed the boat on this one. But do y'all, are you all familiar with the song by the Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York? Uh, of New York? 
Have you only just come to that song, Pete? Yes, like just two days ago, or maybe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, know. But, oh, no, no, no. I, I don't know how common it is over here. I'm sure it's pretty well known I mean, just because the title. I think it's. I think it's super well known. I, I think I just missed it. I was watching that very Murray Christmas. Did you ever watch that little special that Bill Murray did like two years ago? Uh, no, on Netflix. Does he, does yeah, no, it? I haven't. It's incredible. Um, I recommend it. It's like an hour. It's great. Um, but. Uh, yeah, like you know the the it's it's a really smart little thing. But the the point of this is that they sit down, you know, Bill Murray gets like snowed in. He's supposed to you know film this big Christmas special in this in the Carlisle, I think, the hotel here in New York City, and um, and no one shows up because it's like a huge storm. It's the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, and um, anyways, long and short of it is like the you know there's. Like Jenny Lewis um, from Jenny Lewis fame and Rilo Kiley. She's in it as like a waitress. And uh, who else is in it? Uh, like the guys from Phoenix are in it. All these like kind of modern hit bands are playing basically bar staff. And they sit down to, to sing this tune. And they've been singing all these kind of like traditional Christmas tunes. You know, it's kind of like a, a musical sort of. And, um, and they sit down and play this song. And <laughs> the... The guy from uh, the New York Dolls, I, I forget his name, but he starts it off, um, and Paul Schaefer's playing piano, and like I, I, me and Brandy are watching it, and I rewind it probably four or five times because I'm just like, what is this song? It's so good, like, dude, I what, can't believe you haven't heard that song before. I'm I know. I mean, I, I, I have, I have not heard the song before <laughs> until. One rewound the movie, probably the most incredible tunes I've ever heard in my life. And I did you then? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I didn't know what it was, and so I start like typing in bits and pieces of the lyrics to like figure out what it is, and I find out, of course, oh, it's the Pogues, and I know them, and then everyone in the whole world's covered it. It's just such a great song, but I will say, no offense to any of the members of the Pogues um, or anyone else who's covered it, but the Bill Murray and Friends in that movie. I mean, you know, Bill Murray is singing it. All these people, like some, like obviously, Jenny Lewis is a great singer, and some other people, but like, a lot of them are not great singers. And it is by far and away my favorite version of that tune. Well, that's what I think makes that like. It's funny because in the UK, you know, that song is almost like it is kind of Christmas, right? Oh, and yeah. I, I kind of, I guess, maybe in New York. I think loads of people know. So, but I, but in the UK particularly, it's just you hear it absolutely everywhere, and it'll be at every like staff Christmas party towards sure, the end yeah. when everyone's like absolutely shit faced and shall yep. we. Shall we not have a little tin whistle solo, please? Right. And everyone likes wax on uh, fairy tale in New York. Um, oh my but, god! But Incredible. actually, but what you just said about like regular people—that's the version. It's there's that amazing thing, isn't it? When you hear a song for the first time, and that's then the version that you know, and then yeah. it then sticks. You know, this is the one. This is the song that um, that's the way that you remember the song from that first in, from that first impression. But I think what you just said about it being. You know, something because my associations with it is like, you know, 100 people drunk in a party singing along word for word. And it's yeah. one of those songs that you can just sort of sing out and you don't have to be a singer to be able to sing it. Do you know what I mean? In the curious way that totally. melody is well, uh, what's his name? Shane McGowan or whatever from the Pogues. Like, you know, arguably, no, is he even a singer? Exactly. Like, no disrespect <laughs> to you, to Shane, but like, you know, great songwriter, but terrible singer. And like, not in a fun Bob Dylan way, like just not a good singer. Yeah, it's just he's just like all um, cool charisma. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know. And well, and I think to your point, I think that's why I was so moved by the version in, in the Bill Murray piece, because it, it is all of these people, you know, it's like, obviously, they're some of them are famous singers and famous actors and whatever. But 
you know, the scene is that these people are just sitting around at a snowed in bar yeah. singing this song around the piano, all pretty, you know, all pretty drunk. So like, oh man, it's just so good. It's so good. You know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Bo- and McGowan is a legendary figure, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I can't, <laughs> I've lost a number of the tracks. It's almost like if you spend a lot of time in North London over the past 20 years, you know, you just hear everyone, you sort of feel in any of the boozers in like Camden, or Highgate or certain parts of Islington where there's quite a large that part of North London and to North West London particularly in Kilburn has a very large Irish community expert mm-hmm. Irish community and has done for a very long time but like he is but he's just a, he has always been like a bit of a fixture like he's just around yeah. you know like yeah. I met him once I met in a pub in, I met him in a pub in Highgate called uh, the Boogaloo which is just this it's just a crusty old music bar yeah and I just remember it I remember it very vividly because he was just sitting at the bar and he has no teeth I think yeah. he has teeth now I think well, Shane might have some teeth now well I but, watched, um, a, I I watched so. a clip of him uh like you know the Pogues playing this in somewhat modern times maybe it was 10 years ago but yeah. certainly not when they wrote the tune and he's singing the tune with no teeth like has, it is the garbliest like when I met when I met ever. him, he literally had no teeth, and yeah. he was apps. It was like two in the afternoon in like an empty pub, and I'd gone in. I'd probably just to have like a sneaky beer with a friend, and he just literally had no teeth. And I heard him speaking, and it was just <laughs> indecipherable, and oh, not yeah. because of the strength of his accent. He literally was just like opened his mouth. I remember I was standing right next to him. I didn't introduce myself. We just we just spoke to the barman. He's like, oh was, yeah, blah, 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 blah. You know, the barman just kind of <laughs> nodded him and served a pint of Guinness, you know? But, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that was Shane McGowan, got no teeth, cannot speak. Yeah, man, Shane, if you're out there listening, uh, big ups to you, dude. Hope I think you... he's got teeth now. I think he has teeth. I think he oh, finally got around to getting some teeth back. Purchased some. Yeah. 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 yeah well, just I don't, some, I don't, maybe I don't a few. To, I don't mean to stick on that for too long, but you know, I mean, y'all, y'all we're all maybe musicians. Maybe like, someone you know, got him teeth for Christmas. Maybe. <laughs> But, I know, just because my dentist here in New York, you know, sends me a, like a, a six monthly or less than every four months sends me an email going time for your checkup or yeah. like we noticed in your previous records. There was evidence of dumb of uh, gum decay. Please swing by. You know, I just send you a and, photo uh, of Shane McGowan. They're like, you don't want to end up like this. <laughs> Better come I back. Want, I just wonder if Shane gets the same messages, you know, when he clicks onto his Shane McGowan uh-huh. at hotmail.com and there's like an email from his dentist being like, Shane, dude, I've been talking about this for some time. I really think you should come in. It's on the NHS. We could do like a share payment plan. I could do a lot of things yeah. to you. And maybe he reads it every time. He's like, fuck that. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> I've got well, my teeth. I'm, I, we, can, we can move on from this now. But like I say, you know, it's, it, as musicians, you know, you know, you get that moment sometimes where like for whatever reason, a certain song just like grabs you by the soul. You know, like you just cannot move on from a certain piece of music. That thing has just been killing me. Yeah. Um, so oh, it's, like, it's an amazing. It's an amazing song. Yeah. I, like, I really it's funny I'm going to give it a listen I think now after the show because oh, I just feel I listened to a song actually I think I sent it on to you guys yesterday yeah um, and maybe because I'm about to leave New York it was just by this singer called on SoundCloud called Becky Goodman but it was just it was just called New York and it's just a song about being in New York and um and uh, I think at the moment, as, as I often feel like with this weird old city, that it's a great city to return to and also, strangely, a great city to leave, oh, as yeah. in, in the act of leaving, mm-hmm. because it's such a, it can feel like such a whirling, transitory place. So when I come across songs about the city when I'm not there or when I've just got back or when I'm just about to go, I always find them strangely powerful. Yeah. You know, 
because I think oh, yeah. it, inv- it invokes so many of those sort of uh, feelings as a sort of as such a monumental place, you know, or a storytelling place. Yeah, you definitely. Know what, you know well, what I mean? It, it, and it, you, I think there's you, like you, a whole genre of literature which yeah. is about leaving New York. I think you can go into the Strand, you know, in Union Square, and just there's like a whole side of books which is just about people deciding to leave the city. Yeah, well, you get to tap into this like massive cultural, you know, um, this cultural like well of feeling of like this of New York City as this place that so many pieces of art have been written about, you know, or made because of, and yeah, it's an incredible thing. It's, it's, it's nice when you get to feel like you're a part of that thing sometimes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to in 20 years time, looking back to the sort of the rich seam of, um, lyrical songwriting that's been written about the really amazing condo developments going on in the moment and the, the, the ravaging of neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The turning around of uh, entire communities. Oh yeah. Where Man. will be next? Where Real will be deal. next? No. Um, Blue. <clears throat> so, considering this is our last episode of the year of our uh, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, two thousand. Anno Domini. Two thousand and ten plus seven. Two thousand uh, and one score. 2020 <laughs> minus three, three till 20, two minus, 2003 one, till 20. One score minus three year in the year <laughs> of our Lord 2000. <laughs> um, I miss the usage what, of the word score for 20. Mm, I, think I it's do kind too. Of great. Yeah. Two, three mm-hmm. score, two score. One score of, minus three past the some, second yeah. millennium of the current era. There's something about like old use money usages which is really, really, really splendid. You know, score. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. I'm not sure where the score where score comes from. Um, there's something in Cockney rhyming slang about different forms of money. You know, um, in terms of what each one has a different um, name. Score is definitely twenty, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like twenty pounds is a score in Cockney rhyming slang. Um, I'm just thinking about. You guys know about Cockney rhyming slang, right? Yes, apples yeah. and something. Yeah, or... apples and pear stairs. So it's this there weird thing. Go. It's almost like this sort of strange code, which is essentially every word has a rhyming word, but the word that you say when you refer to the word you mean is not the one that rhymes, it's something else. So if you were going to say stairs, you'd say apples. As in, oh, we only just went and fell down the apples. And what that means <laughs> is because like, st- it's stairs means apples because it's apples and pears. Apples and pears, stairs. Yeah, right? oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, I just oh, oh look, Dave, fucking hell, just going to fall down the apples. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but in terms of um, in terms of money, um, there's it goes, it's like five pound. If I remember now, five pounds. So yeah, so five five pounds, five quid. We say quid for a pound. Um, five quid is a fiver, and then mm-hmm. obviously ten pounds, a ten quid is just a tenner. But then as you go up, they all start to get um different names. So twenty pounds is still a score. Head, like the old medieval usage, you know, sort of three squad and ten. Um, but then twenty-five pounds, twenty-five quid is a pony. A pony. A pony. Yeah. So, as in, you, you might say pony up to somebody. Yeah. Give me the oh, money. Yeah. Pony oh. up. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty-five pounds is a pony, and then a hundred quid is a ton. A ton. Yep. A ton. Oh, that actually that I've actually ties of. in with like with motor like British motorcycle culture. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. You t- yeah. When you- 
um, is a 500 quid is a monkey <laughs> like, of course not, naturally yeah yeah and i think like and then uh, and then you know a thousand is a grand and everyone we all still use that yeah um but also individual numbers have a variety of different ones i think so you can just say like what a nicker is also a word for just one pound like lenders a nicker or one okay. pound the other one the other rhyming slang for one pound is lost and found so could you lend me a lost and found <laughs> No. Well, seriously, lost wow. and found. One pound nicker, or Alan Wicker, who's a TV presenter. That's another one. So yeah, it's all, all based on just rhyming, like whatever. yeah, it's all just based on rhyming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and they, it just adapts and moves. So I think um, I was, I think you used to be able to say for tenner, like for ten quid, it used to it used to be the name of that racing car driver, you know, Ayrton Senna. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so Senna. Be, yeah. So it'd be like, um, <laughs> can you lend me an Ayrton Senna? An Ayrton Senna tenner. <laughs> oh that's incredible oh there's British nobody. people yeah, yeah. Uh, and exactly they, and they go on it is uh, it is endless Hal do you have on. any uh, any favorite Welsh things from 2017 or do you have anything that you really enjoyed from 2017 what was your favorite part of it uh, well in terms of my favorite Welsh things I had I've spent a lot of time in Wales uh, over this year actually I was back for a big chunk of time over the summer which was great because I had the play of mine that went on at the Edinburgh Festival was uh, produced um, so I had two chunks of time in South Wales for work I was in Cardiff for in March for about three weeks because the play of mine was called Shenavar spelt S-E-A-N-M-H-A-I-R for those who are interested Uh <laughs> Buy it at Oberon Books. Should you should you fancy? Quick plug for myself there. You you should um, fancy. Yeah, you should fancy. We'll um, put a link to that. Was yeah, we'll put a little link to that if you're interested. Um, but it was rehearsed and uh, produced and directed in Cardiff at the very excellent Other Room Theatre. And so I was there for a good chunk in March to see and be with that and in Cardiff in the capital. And then I was back in July because it we had to redraft and re-rehearse it before we took it up to Edinburgh in the festival. So I had. Quite a chunk of time actually being in um, South and West Wales over this year, and I had a particularly great time being there in July, uh, late June into July for re rehearsals because I could be in rehearsals for a few days and then spend like a long weekend down in West Wales with a family. So, just on a simple uh, sort of home type basis, it was a real pleasure for me to be able to be back for a good chunk of time you know with work going on as well that could take me there and actually get to be down in the in you know in the land with the um with the fam um but in terms of like particular events particularly in 2017 i guess my play going on was a big thing for me personally you know in terms of work i hadn't had a full length play on for a little while and it was meant a lot to get that particular script up and running and to take it to Edinburgh. And um, it was, I don't know if I told you this, guys, my one, this was like the flip side of this was a bit of sad news that came was that it was offered a run off Broadway. Hey, now. Yeah. And uh, at the 50-90s, 59 theatres. Uh, but the theatre company in Wales couldn't afford to raise the money to bring it over because it costs a lot of money to mm. bring a play over here. Well, you got to ship all those dragons over. Yeah, you got to get cheap. the dragons and the corgis. You know, you yeah. got to find, got to fund the uh, the dra- the dragon energies. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, yeah. So that was disappointing, actually, because it would have been really great to bring it here. It would have been in the summer, in like May or something like that next year. So it was all very positive. But there would have been a little Welsh American bridging going on with that uh, production if it had happened. But maybe it's another point in the future. But I think for me, that was my probably my personal highlight. Mm. Well, and, um, if if it never comes up. over again, what you need to do is uh, 
you know, maybe two people in the B cast or whatever, just can them get Peter and I to act in the play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the dress then, up as uh, old. To dress up as old Scottish women. That would be yep, both terrifying and, and beautiful. I think. Yeah, I, I think. Do that. I think oh, actually, that's I, fine. I also, in terms of my other 2017 highlights, I did actually have a little summer holiday before I commenced work on the play in Wales, and I went to see my friend Matthew, who lives in Portugal, and stayed with him in just outside Lisbon. And then I stuck around for an extra week and a bit because it was my brother's bachelor party stag as we call stag it stag, party. Stag, stag, stag. stag party stag 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 um in porto so i went to lisbon and then um went up to um and then went up to porto so i had a good two week two and a half week hole in portugal and i would just heartily recommend portugal to all people and um because the people in portugal are just so nice and every man there is called joao or so it seems which is something i really enjoyed <laughs> everyone is called joao it's like hi i'm how what's your name my name is joao and uh literally everyone every king was called joao every significant artist is called joao everyone is called joao and uh, but they were like extraordinarily friendly and you know what was so amazing about portugal was just that Nothing really heavy is going on in Portugal at the moment. You, know, you come from the, the America where everyone is losing their fucking minds. And then from the UK where with Brexit and all that stuff, like, yeah. it feels like everyone is losing their fucking minds. Well, they you know, are like, Googling like, how to get away with murder a lot in Portugal. So. Are they? Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's some latent nastiness. They're, just, they're all lying low. Yeah. Yeah. But generally, you know, like it felt like when I was there, yeah, I it does work. maybe it's just because I was on holiday, but you know, it just felt like a different universe. You know, I actually did ask people, I was like, they're like, where do you live? And I was like, well, Joao, I currently live in, <laughs> in, in America. And, uh, and they were like, they would look at me like, why? <laughs> you know, they'd be like, how is that? They're like, uh, you know, but they're in the tone of voice, you know, with concern. They're like, how are you? Are you okay? <laughs> do you need to be like, to? Yeah, do you, need to, do you need to have a conversation about that? And I was like, what's going on in Portugal? What serious stuff is going on in Portugal? And a few people were like, well, you know, we're still having some, we're still struggling with the economy. Hmm. Mm. And I was like, must, yeah, must yeah, be regular, nice. some regular, some regular things there, you know. Yeah. So the they fabric, don't. The, fab, the fabric of the nation is not being pulled apart at the moment, I think, you know. Much like us now. Portugal does not have net neutrality, so the fire escape could be, you know, for all I know, blocked from certain internet packages in Portugal. But I think, yeah, that, I think that's interesting. Yeah, they have, you know, like that type of system. And I, I could be, I'm pretty sure this is, uh, unless this was one of those things that, like, um, you know, Facebook put out that, like, wasn't real. Uh, but they have, yeah. uh, they have, you know, like, where you have to pay for packages or, or you know, like certain things like that uh now now some of that i'm i've heard recently that some of those images that we've seen of like this is what the internet looks like in this place is actually not uh it's not real it's they're they're fake things that companies like netflix and facebook put out Um, so Mm. there's there's a lot of disinformation on net neutrality on both sides both coming from the internet service providers like comcast and um and Verizon and all these people in the FCC chair Ajit Pai, but also from the other side coming from Google and Facebook and these websites because what this really does is, yeah, you know, with net neutrality, it could mean that we have to pay more or that it's harder for you to start a smaller thing because these other companies have more money. But it also Mm. means that Netflix and Google and Facebook and all these companies that take up most of the bandwidth 
might have to pay the internet service providers more money um so uh, that they're bandwidth cut, yeah for use. bandwidth use and stuff like that yeah. um or that you know at&t could or you know whoever if they have like if like comcast you know comcast is uh uh, linked with NBC Universal, NBC Universal owns Hulu, so maybe Comcast is going to give priority to Hulu over Netflix, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but basically, it just sounds like a massive shit show to me. It sounds like a massive capitalistic shit show. Yeah, it's super respect. complicated. The reason why, I like, agree. Yeah, the d- the dumb pipe is just a better thing because even though the biggest people who are going to be hurt and or affected by the te- you know like net neutrality being able to be a smart pi- or like you know the internet being able to be a smart pipe instead of a dumb pipe the biggest people who are going to be affected by it are actually like netflix and google and all these companies that are going to have to pay more yeah, money yeah. it's not really going to affect us as much either way other than like their internal struggle of like we might have worse netflix because if we have Comcast, they want Hulu to do better, whatever. Yeah. Um, but well, I, just, I mean, you know, yeah, sorry. Carol. I was just saying, but uh, at the same time, I think it's just in order to keep no one from, you know, all the infighting down and stuff, I think it is better to just treat. Uh, and just from a logical standpoint, the reason why it was categorized the way it was is because it really is a utility. It's like a phone line or whatever. It should be treated yeah. as a utility because now the internet's so pervasive that it is a utility, and yeah, you know course. it's the way that we get out. And you know, when but as soon as the fire escape a, turns yeah. into a multinational, uh, you know, huge titan of industry, I don't want to have to pay more money to Spectrum or whoever. I don't know, you know. To be to hold that position, but you know, if there's any but, is that when like huge monolithic like transnational corporations start making arguments like, which essentially just sounds like, but just trust us. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. Trust us. I'm just like, no, it's not Mm. how it works. I don't inherently trust you. But why? You know, (laughs) you're just trying to make. You're just making money. Like that's your. That's the goal. It's like what's the base base reason? Which is also fine. Like I support you know businesses making money, but when it comes to things which are like fundamental utilities, like that, exactly. You know, my brief political moment. If anything is a bit like, I'm not sure that's at the basis of the argument. Really, you know, it's like (laughs) trust us. It's going to be really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's something genuinely interesting about that in terms of you know what you guys call anti trust over here isn't it um but in the u.s it calls in the uk we call it just monopolies or there's a commission i think used to or used to be it used to be called the monopolies and mergers commission which is the idea that certain conglomerates can become too powerful right the idea of antitrust was very important um it's i think there was i was reading i'm not sure where it was um maybe in the new yorker an article about how antitrust feelings about antitrust seem to have like slightly eroded over the past 10 years in the states or 20 years because and there's a real um there's a real danger in terms of the monolithic nature of internet providers and uh, and also these um, massive, uh, you know, um, service providers like Comcast and people like that because they're so big that it almost like they cannot be challenged in terms of controlling yeah. the market. And the same way, in, the same argument is being made in terms of the size of Google and things like that is that the, you know, the tech design almost kind of encourages monopoly in that respect, you know, and everyone becomes reliant on the other versions of it. And how can you like take that sort of antitrust idea 
into in terms of concepts of trust that's why I, that's why how i got onto that yeah. you know what i mean yeah, uh, yeah. them going just trust us you're like well that, actually the whole concept here is around the idea of trust isn't it like an antitrust being that you can't trust enormous monolithic corporations on a fundamental level who have that level of monopoly it's not healthy actually yeah. for like a flexible well, cap- capitalistic democracy you know well yeah well and it's 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 silly to like for for anyone to just inherently trust in a company like, I mean they're they're they don't care like their goal is to make money again which is fine but like that that isn't like a level that's not that's not what you base trust on like I don't know it's a silly it's a silly thing um, but I would like to you know since we are finishing out the year uh, f- the first year I, I don't know about y'all but I intend to restart my calendar based as this is year one on account of it was the genesis of the fire escape. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so ending year one, um, we let's. I, I want to take a minute. Well, first of all, to say, to well, I want to talk about you know kind of our goals for next year um, as a team, and so our listeners can kind of have a little bit of idea of maybe what to expect and what our goals and stuff are. But first, um, just to make sure we, I don't forget about it, um, I would like to offer a very um, a very heartfelt. Um, I don't know. Uh, just, I just, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening to us and supported us, you know, in this first year, because I I think us three have all had a really good time doing this so far. Um, and you know, it, it makes me feel good. It makes all of us feel good that, um, you know, that our, that our friends and some strangers, um, care enough and are hopefully enjoying us enjoying ourselves and, you know, are listening because we've been, you know, to all of our listeners out there, we've been growing, Every week, I mean, pretty steadily, which is a huge honor. It's something we're, we're super, super pumped about and super appreciative of. Um, and we intend to only be, get better and better and better this next year. Yeah, stay um, with us, man. Hey, guys, stay with us, whoever stuff. you are, whoever you are out there. Stay with us because it's like yeah. I feel like I feel like we're going in for the long run. You know, I mean, I feel like in for the long haul. Yeah, yeah. in terms of it being, it's a really nice idea because everything feels so sort of. One thing I've really got out of it, I don't know about you guys, is the sense of um, so much stuff seems to be quite fly by night now, doesn't it? You know, sort of hundred, yeah. two hundred and forty characters or whatever is now on Twitter. Or you know, there's this sense of things being very throwaway and surfacy and on the quick. You know, so feeling yeah. like the chance to invest in something which has some longevity you know i keep on thinking like wouldn't it be amazing if you know like 30 years time we're like you know old old white bearded dudes you know from wherever we are in the world you know still once a week just tuning in and sort of chewing the card and talking about stuff and there being this sort of interesting do you know what i mean i think yeah. that's like oh, yeah. a, just that's like a well, sort of a beautiful concept i hope we can sort of head towards yeah that. just as like the idea of i don't know having like a yeah, you know, just something like it's a it's the like you were saying like yeah, it's a, this is a very like internety thing and we obviously promote it over internety things like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and emails and all that stuff, but at the same time this is like a very slowed down process. Like this is a real conversation with like auditory voices and mm. uh, and you know, we're taking our time and we we come out once a week and it's it's a very you know like it's very methodical well, and it's it's I something think, in my life that i think is like helped me slow down and just yeah yeah i agree be, well and also it's been really nice to start receiving a few emails i know we've mentioned yes. it a few times and actually like we've had a few people get in contact now and like on that tip of slowing things down and listening in and actually 
you know, hopefully broadening and widening our own ways of thinking about things as we've always talked about. Like for you guys listening in, just please still just really like really, really do when you get a chance, Coulter will come in any second now with the email address and also at the end. Um, but that just, just, just let us know your thoughts or give a little suggestions on things for us to look into or potential guests or, you know, just keep it flowing because that's yeah. really what we're hoping to well, broaden out into. That's something I would li- love to do is be able to do like a mailbag episode, you know, one of these days and yeah. uh, with with questions. Yeah, fireskatepod at gmail.com. Send us a message. Pete, what were you going to say? I was saying, uh, well, you know, when we first started, you know, we talked with um, we talked with a fellow named Matt Mira about this stuff. Uh, or, Myra. 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 I always Myra. Sorry, Matt. Um, Sorry, Matt. Myra. And um, well, in, in like the little piece of advice that like, because I'm, you know, I was super new to podcasting. I never listened to them or anything. And um, and I think he, he gave us a little piece of advice that I think has been what, you know, me and Howling and Seabob have come to with, you know, we, we come to the show every week with this thing in mind of like, you know, the cool thing about podcasts is that you do get to kind of sit, you know, digitally sit down with a person or a group of people and get to know their personality. You know, I think if depending on the show and our idea was that we wanted to come and be honest and just have some sort of real conversation that by the end of your listening, however long it may be, um, that you have a kind of an idea of who we are um, as dudes and like who our guests are. Um, and I think that's, I think that's like one of the coolest, like human reactions to like the super digitalization of the world is that like, even through this super digital platform, um, that we're getting to kind of put our personalities and our feelings and thoughts out there. And that, so people who may never meet us or have no physical interaction with us, um, can, you know, have a a real, a, a true and real idea of who we are and like what our opinions of things are and, you know, um, and who our guests are and stuff. I, I think that's the really exciting thing about podcasts. And I just, I want to get better and better at that in the next year and have more and more exciting guests. And, yeah. you know, I'm, and, I'm uh, very much looking, f- I'm very much looking forward to finding out who I am too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me, same here. I'm also, uh, you know, look out for this year. I know we have a few, uh, people lined up. I was just talking about our friends uh, from Lowland Hum. Uh, the band are are up on the docket uh, towards the beginning of the year, and uh, a couple other friends of ours in in various different musical and and other uh, other creative fields are coming up soon. Um, and I'm just I'm really excited to bring uh, bring some people that some some of whom you may know, um, whether through you know, personal things or, uh, just through, uh, their individual work. Some of, some people you might not know as well. Um, and just kind of like marry, marry the two and, uh, Mm. and, and kind of get some people's stuff out there, get, and yeah, also, you know, throughout all these, uh, these episodes where it's just the three of us, um, kind of, you know, get not only, uh, let you guys know us more, but hopefully, uh, let you guys know the regions we come from more uh if you especially if you aren't someone who lives in uh in wales or the south um if you're one of our many uh international listeners or listeners from the uh the big apple the uh the big city the windy apple whatever you know yeah the apple the big big apples and pears the apple 
<laughs> the big windy apple. The apples and pears. The big stairs. <laughs> the big stair. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think just... I think now, you know, this is going to be a couple of days. Is that right? Or like the day after Christmas. When's this? What's the date this is going to come out? Because the date is the twentieth, so it'll be uh, the twenty next. the twenty seventh, right? Yeah. It will be Whatever the twenty seventh when, yeah. when this lands, uh, which is the day after Boxing Day. You're going to be the in that third sort day of, of you're, Christmas. You're prob- we brought you the fire made. escape. Escape fire fire escape fire escape <laughs> three Mayhem, fire escape be. hosts and. Uh, uh, you're in a sort of food coma right now, wherever you are in the world, um, stuffed with goose and ham and turkey and all those goods looking towards the new year in that strange hinterland, that sort of hinter space between Christmas and New Year, where all things sort of slow down. Some people might be working, but most people probably aren't. Um, but it's a it's a nice time, uh, I think, that sort of time to be looking forward. So I hope our sort of ruminative uh, looking forwards and backwards is sort of sitting with your headspace because um, it's certainly in ours now just before Christmas and hopefully we'll feel like that in that in-between space as well. Um, but, you know, looking forward into 2018, um, I definitely wish everybody a very happy new year. I hope it's a stormy New Year's Eve wherever you are. Um, I'm going to be at this time and this date when you're listening to this in Pembrokeshire in West Wales. Yes. Out the far west coast in a little village called Newport. Me, me, me too. With the sheep Except and the dragons Pembroke, and the corgis. I mean, Birmingham. Uh, oh, and let me, oh, let me say this before we end. Uh, we have scheduled uh, a guest for our, I guess, our first episode of the new year. Is that right, Producer C. Bobby? It'll be the first episode of the new year um, with... Yes, I'm I believe going to say so. yes on Colter's behalf. <laughs> yes, well, we're gonna we we have planned to uh, have a sit down and chat with uh, a very good friend of ours and generally interesting and impressive person by the name of John Schultz, who is the proprietor, owner, right. uh, peddler, seeker, finder. He does all kinds of incredible things with vintage guitars at a company called True Vintage Guitars, um, and we're going to be talking with him. Next for the, or I guess for the first episode of the new year, right? Yeah, uh, I believe yes. so. I believe that'll be the first episode of the new year, first episode of 2018. Uh, you can find him at True Vintage Guitar on Instagram. It's good. It's a good Instagram. Um, check That's him incredible. out. Um, really good guitar photographer as well. Uh, you can find us as always. Uh, uh, if you want to send an email, one of us will respond. Uh, you can send that to fireescapepod at gmail.com and give us a follow on both Twitter and Instagram at fireescapepod. Uh, on Facebook, we are just, if you search either at fireescapepod or if you type in like facebook.com slash fireescapepod, I think that will work. Or if you just search for the firescape, um, that's what our, our Facebook group is called. You can follow us on there as well. We update um, that one uh a little more infrequent infrequently well not really i don't know we updated them all pretty easily uh you can also reach out to us personally i am at coulter levi on twitter and instagram and i am at buttermilk underscore pete on instagram and if you need howl Mm -hmm. get at us at uh firescapepod at gmail.com and he will uh send you 
everything that you need to know. Everything. Everything that you everything. may desire or need. Yes. And uh, to close us out on this last episode of the year uh, 2003 minus score, whatever. Uh, score, <laughs> score sub three. Score tenor. Senna. That was a sub basic sub basic expl- explanation of the year. Um, oh, we will uh, to play us out. What do you mean to play us out? Make any sense? <laughs> it make any sense? <laughs> um, thank you, Pete, for getting that for to play us out. Uh, uh, to play us out, we were going to have, uh, like I said before, our good friends uh, Daniel and Lauren Goins from Lowland Hum. Uh, yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye, guys. See y'all. Yo.
The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'. The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'.